Welcome to C-Suite Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Bird Allen Show. Thanks for watching and listening. We have a very special guest today. This conversation has been in the works for a while. Uh, we're chatting with the one and only uh, Sharon Glass about her book. Apparently, there were complaints, which I love, by the way. And mm -hmm. your filmography and your TVography, if that's a word, is massive. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you meeting with me and chatting with me about this today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Brett. It's nice to be here. Listen, let me ask you, is this, um, is there, can you see me? I can see you and I can hear you. Clear as okay. a bell. Perfect. All right. Well, Sorry. this book is a lot of fun and I had a chance to read it originally when it came out and then the hard copy just released as well. And the response seems to be just phenomenal for the book. You talk a lot about a lot of things about your career, about relationships that you've had in the industry, uh, roles that you've had, roles that you passed on, so on and so forth. When you are sitting down and deciding to put together a memoir or a book like this, where do you start? Because you have a, your career is just massive. Um. Well, I started at the beginning. Um, I, I started with the title, actually. Um, at first, I thought maybe I shouldn't write it in sequence, but the title is something that I used to say that made my husband laugh. And it it was about my drinking, actually. <laughs> apparently, there were complaints. Um, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently, there were complaints. Um, and that sort of, I thought, well, that's a good title because that, sort of sums up my life. And um, so I started just writing about from birth on what I can remember of all the complaints about me. And uh, there were lots. I have boxes and boxes in storage <laughs> of the stuff I didn't use. Um, it was slow. It took me eight years. Okay. Almost eight years to do it. Um, uh I had an editor, of course, who helped me, but I'd, I'd get complaints from the publisher. I was saying, Sharon, you got to make your paragraphs a little longer. Um, I finally got the hang of it. And, you know, with help, 
in eight years. It, it, it became a book about all the complaints about me, and there's a lot of material. I had a very strict grandmother who formed my life, ran my life. She held the first strings. And I learned early on that if someone else holds the first strings, you've got to dance. Mm. And I loved her, but she was hard on me. Very hard on me. When you're a child, you have to do what you're told. And um, what I learned is from her, I learned a lot of things from her. But I learned as long as someone else is holding the purse strings, you'll never have freedom. And so I finally, when I was old enough, went out and started making my own money. And, and, um, And my life opened up. But I, I, it was a very, very strict, very strict uh, childhood. I was raised in L.A. My grandfather was in the industry. Okay. He said, you stay out of it. It's a filthy business. Hmm. My grandfather was Howard Hughes' attorney, Cecil B. DeMille's, Louis B. Mayer's. He was a big shot in the golden days of Hollywood. Um. But finally, when I was 26, I admitted it's really what I want to do. That's a, that's that's old to be entering this industry. Hmm. But fortunately, I had like a young Irish face, a baby face, you know. So I I I got away with it for a while. Um. Anyway, what do you want to know? What well, I love that. So I'm very curious because you do talk about a lot in the book. But would you say just as a very simple baseline, that upbringing, that way of life, that structure, and then later, as you mentioned, striking out on your own, pursuing the business, even though you had family in the business mm -hmm. and those directing you really what drove you, I mean, outside of talent and all the other things that you possess, do you think that is what drove you to be successful and to really put your feet down and go, I'm going to make something out of this regardless of what other people in my family or in my life might think about me. This is going to sound corny. It took me until I was 26 to say I wanted to be an actress. That's you usually enter the in industry much younger than that. Um, I was a production assistant. Um, if you want to know what gave me the nerve to enter this business. I think always that six-year-old dream of I want to be in the movies. Because hmm. there was a boy in my grammar school class named Billy Chapin. And he was a child star. And I saw him on the big movie screen. And I said, I'm going to be like Billy. If Billy can do it. I can do it. He goes, well, those people had to see somebody to see if it could be done. You know? Um, um, I was a production assistant many years in the industry behind the camera. And one of my jobs was to read with actresses who were coming in for roles. It was a little small independent company. And um, so I used to read with these actresses and I'd try really hard to give them everything they needed. And they'd get the job. Mm. And I'd make out their paycheck. And I said, wait a minute. I was better than they were in that reading. <laughs> and I was. 
And I stopped being afraid. I thought, these women, God bless them, were not as good as I was in that reading. And they're getting the jobs. They're making all this money. And I'm making $200 a week. I'm going to stop being afraid. Mm. So I, I upped my dream. Um, Brett, I do believe that you can't have anything without a dream. Um, you have to have something to shoot for. Even if it's in your subconscious. I think there's energy out there that hears you. And when you really dream something and you really want it, I do believe there are outside forces that say, okay, let's see what we can do. Yeah. I would agree with that statement. I, I think okay, it's very thank true. You. Yeah. yeah like I, was, I, have, I was interested to hear your reaction. I, I do. And I when I started this, I put a vision board together, which I firmly believe yes. in. And in spite of whatever someone's beliefs might be or not, you know, that, that was one thing for me. I was like, it's important because, and I'll be very honest and I'm not saying this to say it, but you and a bunch of others were on that list of people that I found fascinating that I wanted to talk to. Cause when you start out, you have to build that credibility. You have to build the trust with people in order to get somewhere. But yeah, I a hundred percent agree with the fact that if you're not manifesting those things, you know, you could dream a lot, but that might not get you anywhere unless you really believe in what you're putting out there. And so, yeah. And, and I think you that's have to true. believe that dream that somehow, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, um, when I, I don't know how much time we have, but, um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you how, my admitting that I wanted to be an actress happened. I'd been holding it inside. I'd never told anybody, anybody for years. Now I'm 26 years old. And I'm visiting my grandfather and his new wife. My grandfather goes to bed and marry his new wife and I sit up and polish off a bottle of champagne. I'm 26. She gets a little loaded, just like I do. And she said, Sharon, you're 26 years old and you've got nothing to show for your life. Mm. I, and she said, what do you want to do? I'd been a secretary, but I'd just gotten but the company I worked for fell apart and I'd just broken up a wedding engagement. It was just, you know, it was a downtime. Um, she said, you have nothing to show for your life. What do you want to do? She said, and just say it. Say it out loud. Even if you think it can't ever happen, just put it out there. And I'm telling you, Brett, out of my mouth, said, I want to be an actress. She said, so? I said, Mary, I'm 26 years old. She said, when I was your age, I was under contract to MGM. Wow. She said, really? She said, I was. I wasn't very good. I only lasted a year, but yeah. She says, so what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, I, I said, Grandpa, her new husband, I said, Grandpa disapproves of going into the business. And he was a big shot in his day. Um, Grandpa disapproves. He said, it's a filthy business. So please don't even say anything to him. You just asked me to say it. So I said it. She said, oh, I won't say anything. She said, but you ought to think about that. I said, okay. So I go to bed. The next day I wake up. She said, your grandfather would like to see you. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> 
So I'm called into his room and he's sitting in bed, reading the paper. He said, that's ridiculous. Oh, I said, Mary, Grandpa said you, I mean, I said, Grandpa, Mary said you wanted to see me. He said, yes, I did. He said, that's ridiculous. I said, I asked Mary, please not to tell you. I know you did. He said, I mean, it's ridiculous. You think I would stop you. And I said, oh. He said, so you want to be an actress? I said, yes, Grandpa. He said, so what are you going to do about it? I said, well, I'm going to take acting lessons. So I was 26. I ended up in the beginner's teenage class. Okay, Brett, but it doesn't matter. Um, he said, I said, I need, I'm going to take acting lessons. And he said, how much are those? And I found out because secretly it was my dream. Um, I said, it's uh, like $300 for three months or $500 for three months. He said, so you got $500. Now what? I was flat broke. Wow. I didn't have a penny to my name, no job, nothing. I had nothing. And I drove my grandfather's car. He, he ostensibly called and said, look, I need my station wagon. Bring it to the desert. Okay. And I ran into somebody. I rear-ended somebody on the way over. Oh, I mean, no. it was just one of those times in your life, you know, everything I touched turned Um, Anyway, he said, you've got $500. Now what? And I said, well, he said, How, what are you going to do until that happens? So you become an actor. I said, well, I'll get a job. I'm a secretary. He said, great. You got $500. Uh, you want to go home? I said, Grandpa, I just got here. You invited me for two weeks. He said, I know I did. You want to go? My grandpa was a thoroughbred breeder and racer. Wow. And Brett, he knew when a filly was ready to run. I just arrived the night before. And I said, yes, Grandpa. I wanted to go home. He said, good, have Mary get you a ticket. And Brett, as I was flying over Los Angeles, I will remember this till the day I die in America. I'm flying over Los Angeles, and I look down and I say, and that's the city where it happens. I was born there. Still, it looked different to me. I said, I'm not going to fail. I know I'm not a looker. I know I don't have a foxy body, but I'm going to make it. Maybe it was just his approval. It was just something. I'd said it out loud. Now I landed and I had to get a job. I, oh, I auditioned for the acting class. It was a teenage class. I had no experience. It was on Thursdays during the day. So I said, well, I'll get a night job. And a man calls me, a producer I know. He said, Sharon, Arthur Marks, where have you been? I've been in Arizona. And Mr. Marks, he said, well, I'm opening a new company and I needed an assistant. You're the best production assistant I've ever seen. Wow. Brett, I swear to you, that happened. I believe I said, it. Yeah. I said, Mr. Marks, um, I, I thank you, but I can't. He said, why not? I said, you'll laugh if I tell you. I said, he, I said he said, so go ahead, tell me. I said, I'm, I'm going to be an actress. He said, so I'm not laughing. What are you going to do until that happens? <laughs> I said, well, I, I, my acting class is on Thursday, so I have to get a night job. He said, I'm giving you Thursdays off with pay. I didn't write this script, but I guess I did. You know what I'm saying? 
I do. Yeah. That's so fascinating. So. And I, I worked for Mr. Marks. Wow. At his production company for um, a year. And I did a play with somebody in my acting class who'd written it and we all auditioned and somebody get this. I do the play. It only runs two nights folding chairs. We don't charge anybody. The next weekend, the next week, a man calls me in my office, Mr. Mark's office, said Sharon Glass. I said, this is she. He said, this is Orrin Borston. He said, I'm in publicity at Universal Studios. I was in the audience, your little play Saturday. It's a piece of shit. I said, yeah. And he said, I, you'd be perfect for the lead in John Cassavetti's new film. And I'd like to introduce you to Monique James, the head of our talent department. I'm going, <laughs> I said, okay, cut the bullshit. Who is this? He said, I understand you're being skeptical. Why don't I have Miss James call you? I said, yeah, do that. It was Monique James, head of talent, Universal. Wow. She called me. I prepared a scene for her. And she signed me to a seven-year contract. And that's. And the and the rest is literally history. history. I mean, looking at your career, and you talk about this in the book, your interactions with different people in the industry, whether it be on the positive or the negative, it's still all, I feel, compiles to what your career has been and the success of it and have continued to work nonstop, except maybe the last previous couple of years when everything stopped yeah but you've done television you've done film looking at the industry now versus when you started obviously it's changed significantly but do you often when you show up and do guest spots on shows or maybe you have a story arc do other actors younger actors in the industry solicit you for advice and ask you hey you know what what advice would you give me? Or is it practically impossible well, in this sense? Because everything is so different now. It's very different. And um, I'm usually never invited. But I was invited to do a guest spot of Peter Page. I did a series called Queer as Folk. Yes. And Peter Page was one of the stars. Peter is now a producer. And as I say, I don't usually do guest spots. Um, but Peter called me. And he said, Dame, that's a Dame, I know you don't do a guest spot, but I got a great part. You got to come and do it, please. And I said, <laughs> Thank you, Peter. It's an honor for you to ask me. Of course, I will. And I went and did it. I had a great time. I don't know when it's going to air. It's, it's a new series called um, Stations 19. Is that new? It's just new to me. Apparently, it's been yeah. on for a long time. Um, so I'm going to be the opening, I'm going to do the opening show for them. And I did do, I got invited to do a motion picture, which is not usually what I do. Um, with, um, forgive me, I just went blank. Um, the man who starred, he's, he's television, he also starred as, as um, James Bond, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Pierce Brosnan stars in this movie. And they sent me a copy of one scene, these motion picture people. And no, no script. They said, if you like the scene, we'll send you the script. I said, okay. I read it. It is, I don't know your audience. It is the filthiest scene. Every word that could ever come out of anybody's mouth is in this one scene. 
And I read it. Now, it all comes out of my mouth. I read it and I thought, whatever, whatever made you think of me? <laughs> and I went and did it. And it was so much fun. It hasn't come out yet. But it used to be called Fast Charlie. I don't know what they changed it. Wow. They changed wow. it to another name. But it is the raunchiest, funniest. And I was so pleased that there's been something in my work where they thought, get Sharon Glass to do this one. <laughs> I love it that you are revered in that way. <laughs> the, Me too. In the sense of like just the relevancy that exists. So circling back to the book here, just a couple yeah. more questions. Sure. Um, I do want to ask now that you've you've written this book and it's been out for a while, is there a side of you that goes, okay, I'm putting this out there. There may be, there's going to be responses, whether whatever side it falls on. Is that something that you think about and go, okay, somebody might say this or somebody might say that, or it goes along with the title and you just put it out there and you go, okay, this is my life. And I'm not concerned about what, not necessarily critics, but maybe because you do mention a lot of, a lot of names uh, that might go, okay, <laughs> wait a second. Or maybe not. But I, I, really, I really don't take anybody to task except Wayne Rogers. He, he was not nice. Yeah. To me. But I, think, <laughs> I mean, I, I was very careful not to ever slam anybody. Correct. Uh, there was one story I had about a particular actress, not it's, it's nobody I've mentioned in the book. Um, and I ended my paragraph with a remark that I thought was brilliant. And um, a friend of mine read it and she said, do you really want to go there with that line? I said, I guess not. She said, you don't have to, Sharon. This is a good book. It doesn't have to be a tell-all. Yeah. And it is not. A, it is not a tell-all. It's not. Um, definitely not. No, I, I really got to talk about the the, the privilege of working with the actors I've I've gotten to work with. I've been I'm just president of the fucking lucky club. I've just had the most wonderful career and I don't intend for it to be over. I think I've got I've done nine series. And um somebody told me that I've done more series than any other actress except Betty White. She's done 10. And I thought, well I'd like to match Betty. <laughs> so I think I have one more in me. There you go. Before, well, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that will happen. I mean, outside of the obvious Cagney and Lacey, which I think resonates with most people. I mean, you have done so many other things and that in this world of reboots and re new boots and the new night courts and all of this and all of that, that's one yeah. series that Hollywood seems to have not touched However, I think seeing other things that are out there have somewhat tried to replicate maybe in a way that doesn't seem obvious to the viewer because there have been a lot of shows like that, but yours obviously was the original and, and the best. Do you find yourself watching what's on television, watching films, content, or are you just happy to live this life? Because you don't do a ton of press. No, I am watching television. I have a favorite show. Um Forgive me her name. It's called Hacks. Yes, Jean Smart. Jean Smart. There's a woman who's not as old as I am, but she's, you know, an older actress. She's brilliant. She's yeah. just 
brilliant. And you usually don't see older actors looking anymore. It's hard to call her an older actress because she looks so fantastic. But she's, you know, of the of the ilk that I am. Um, and she's just such a wonderful, brilliant actress. They seem to not hire older actresses. It's always been that way. Yeah, I hear that all the time. Yeah, it's always been that way. But um, I hope to beat that one one more time. I, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, you can look it up, but I'm about to be eighty, and I ain't done. No, I think that that women and men, but they always let men work much older than women. Um, I just think we're more interesting now. Yeah, you know, our deliveries are going to be different. Because we just know more. Yeah. And you bring along the experience and the gravitas of someone who <laughs> has, well, I do mean that, that has done this, has I been do. on a series that's been on a multi-cam, single cam. You know, you've worked with uh, just some of the names that you've mentioned in the book. And then wonderful actors, wonderful actors. One who last taught question. Me, who taught me? Who taught me yeah, as I came along? Yeah. That... They loved me enough to stop a camera and say, do this. They'll cut to you. Yeah, I love that. And today that might come across to some maybe as, you know, offensive, depending on who you're talked to. Well, I have one last question. I promised your publicist I would keep things tight. Oh, is too there... bad. I'm here. <laughs> I know. Is there one actor that you have worked with throughout your career, whether mentioned in the book or independently? Sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Somebody's selling something. Okay. Yes, of course. They're talking to you about your your car's extended warranty. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Is there one actor that stands out that whether past or present that you've had the opportunity to work with that you would absolutely work with again if it was possible or given the opportunity or one? a director one or two, or if you can't think of <laughs> Tyne Daly, Tyne Daly. Okay. Tyne Daly. She's the actress I would love to work with again. I keep trying to talk her into doing something with me, but she's, I think she maybe is done, but she shouldn't be. She's so brilliant. And, yes. um, Oh my God, I just went blank. My very favorite director of all time. He's gone. Um, Ray Danton. Okay. Was an actor. And he used to direct me quite often. Directed both of us in Cagney and Lacey. And he's the only one who would call me over and say, I think you can do it better. <laughs> you know, he didn't he didn't tell me how. He'd just say, you can do that better. Wow. And I, what I a piece it. of direction to receive. Just it like, is. Just do it better. It's like don't do try this or don't try that. Just right. Do it better. And do it's it better. like that's where I think you'd have to really rely upon your skills as an actor <laughs> and your training. Well, I also relied on his belief in me that he knew I yeah, the confidence I could come up that, that would have well, I love it. Well, this book is fascinating and fantastic. Oh. Apparently, there were complaints. We will. It's available Brent, thank you. on all platforms. You can get the Audible version. You can get the Kindle version. You could buy the hard copy. 
Um, and we'll make sure our and my listeners... paperback came out and my yes. audio has won three awards. Yeah. Yeah. We can't not, not mention that. That's spectacular too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, here's to, I mean, whatever's next, I I'm sure. Thank you. Something wonderful. Um, and I, I, I grew Thank up you. watching reruns of Cagney and Lacey uh, for uh, a while. I was not allowed to watch it. And then I got to an age where I could uh, uh, because it was very cutting edge and groundbreaking, you know, for the well, time. Um, and I say this and while we were on the air, no other actress ever won the Emmy. No, none. And that's the none. other thing, too. And I had, other- an, I had an actress tell me right when we were canceled. She said, thank God. Now one of us can win. <laughs> and I'm sure people were were tuning in every year to the Emmys when your show was well, on. Well, also, going, also, Brett, I have to tell you, we had the material. You did. That was you where we the story. We had the writers and the writers and, the- and all the things that are important. Oh yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure and, and a true honor. I really appreciate thank your you, time, uh, Sharon. Thank, thank you so you much for your interest. Absolutely, thank you very much. You made it nice and easy. Thank you. Absolutely. Likewise. <laughs>